time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, give it up for International, Ian Lamont Morgan. Party people, what's good? And joining us from the Nasty Natty, Cincinnati, Ohio, give it up for Keith Turner Jr. (laughs) That's all I got, y'all. What's up? Hope everyone had a good weekend. I did not, but it's all right. I was waiting all week for that reaction. And in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. We're so glad to have you guys back with us. How was everybody's weekend? Man, is yo, Keith is that dad that comes home and it's like, don't talk to me, I'm going to watch TV. Like, man, it's, <laughs> it's the best. Man, we doing good over here. Um, in spite of certain goings-ons uh, down in Columbus, man, you know. Because, you know, we rep for the whole Ohio, me and Keith. Thank you. That's right. That's right. But, uh, yeah, we good, man. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, my brother's team won. I went up in the cold rain in Youngstown to watch them win. That was about the highlight of my weekend. You know, it's about it. Um, so, yeah, some other things to talk about. I don't look forward to talking about, but it is <laughs> what it is. I hope everyone else is good. Well, Malcolm, you know, I guess, you know. I'm good. Bobcats won this weekend. Uh Sooners won this weekend. Uh, it was a good place. Uh, it was Basketball's good. back. It's good for the Sooners. That's a good win. Yeah, yeah. yeah TCU. Yeah. TCU has man. This is this is as much as we'll talk about TCU probably for the rest of the year. But that their season has just gone off the rails. Yo, you remember our preview where it was just like all oh, the Horn Frogs. Man, I don't want to see another game for them for the rest of the year. Well, yeah, no Sean Robinson. Turpin's out. For the, is he's gone from yeah. the team. Yeah, the magic it's is a, gone. It's ugly. So anyway, we're going to talk about more important things, and we're going to lead off with the biggest upset so far this year. Purdue whipped up on those Buckeyes from Ohio State. Malcolm, um, I'm I, I feel this like you're get you're like. You have this feeling. You're just like, Whoa. he's smiling. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he is. He's smiling over he's there. He's cheesing. Like, he is just, yeah. you're probably just all grinning and happy, huh? It's a beautiful day. What are you talking about? It's a great day. It's Tuesday. The sun was shining. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, I like Tuesdays. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I like, nobody likes Tuesdays. <laughs> I love Tuesdays. Oh, okay. uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, Purdue, 49 to 20 against those Buckeyes <laughs> from Ohio State. Guys, how are you guys feeling? Our resident Buckeye fans, how are you feeling? How, how do you think we feel, Malcolm? How do you think we feel? You know, you know what, you, you, you know what, Keith? The thing is, y'all got real quiet in the group chat. I'm just saying, stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Got slower and slower. I was listen, just listen, occupied. When Oklahoma lost, you were pretty quiet too. So let's chill. Oh, listen, tumble, resp- tumbleweeds, man. I responded to y'all. Tech. Don't let me pull up timestamps. Okay. Well, um, for for the fans listening, we got receipts. We should post those on our three and one page. But anyway, um, yo, it, it's one of those it's one of those deals. There's losses that you're upset about. There's losses, you know, when there's when it's a close loss, and you think about the plays that could have been made to make a difference in the game. Um, uh, things like that. This loss, particularly for me, um, and I didn't get to watch the game. I was out and about. I was listening and checking my phone. Um, the it was so they were playing so poorly, and there was there was such a disparity uh, between you know their level of play and Purdue, the unranked Purdue. Um, that I, I'm not even upset. They got they got spanked. Yep. They got whooped. Yep. And there's 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 not a whole lot to say outside of it, man. Um, this Russian attack is is completely dead, and I I can't tell you why for the life of me. Um, you know, some would have it say you know we need to run the ball more, uh, but when something's not succeeding, it's not succeeding either. But there's no way on this war on this in this life that uh, Dwayne Haskins <laughs> should pass the ball 73 times. Nope. It should, it should never happen ever in life. I don't care if he has 470 yards because when you look at that as compared to now David Bluff, am I saying his name right? Bluff. He, I think so. He had thir- 378 yards through the air, 25 to 43, you know, but also had 
huge contributions from TJ Knox on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, I mean, it's, is it DJ? DJ Knox. Oh, my fault. Well, listen, DJ, <laughs> TJ, whatever your name is, you did better than we did. That's um, for sure. So, yeah, man, it's, it's just um, it's, it's, it's tough to see it like that. You know, Urban Meyer talked about the glaring weaknesses that were exposed by this game, but uh, he's right. I mean, we've been seeing it all year. It's been on or off. Honestly, we've been seeing it the last couple years, fellas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, this defense is not legit. Uh, Nick Bosa ain't missed that bad. Uh, there, there's 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 too much there's too much stuff going on um on this team they they gotta I, I i frankly i've been saying it all year i don't know if i want to see them in the playoff not because i don't ride for the buckeyes but i don't want to see them get embarrassed because this was embarrassing yeah and it's it's crazy you know you you almost start expecting this now like i'm almost circling a game a year now like what where's what's going to be the game on the road you know is it iowa is it going to be maryland is it going to be yeah you know what team is virginia it, tech right that we're just going to lay an egg on the road yeah. you know yeah. like my brother i was sitting at dinner with my brother and uh after his game and you know he was just talking about how tough it is to win on the road and i was just like bro i get it but when you're ohio state and you're urban meyer and you're being paid millions of dollars to do what you do um and this is an elite program you're expected to beat teams like Purdue and all that I don't care listen good for good for Tyler Trent you know the the cancer uh the the young man with cancer you know he was his his one of his wishes was that Purdue would beat Ohio State good for them but at the end of the day this is this was an atrocity um mm-hmm. Urban Meyer does not look like Urban Meyer um he <laughs> Is this karma? Is this some, you know, consequences mm. of some some bad actions, bad thing? You know, is Urban Meyer really Urban Meyer right now? You know, who knows? But I can tell you this much. Uh, the team played much better under Ryan Day. I can tell you that much. Um, it's just not good. Uh, oh, so, man, I mean, Keith. You know, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. You look at those few, first few games, man. Like, whew. now they did have Nick Bosa, but still. Um, DJ Knox, Rondell Moore just destroyed us. And it's funny because on paper, like, Ohio State had more first downs. Ohio State had more total yards. Ohio State more, had more time in possession. They had less penalty yardage. And on paper, you would think Ohio State would have won that game. If I gave you guys those things, those are normally keys to winning a game. Uh, but 28 points in the fourth quarter, we surrendered. Um, it was just terrible. It was terrible. And I think one was a pick six. It was terrible. Um, I mean – Depending, you know, Ohio State would really have to, you know, dominate the rest of the year and really put it on Michigan and uh, win the Big Ten championship for me to even think about it. But right now, the way this sits, this Purdue loss is just like the loss against Iowa. And depending on who's that, you know, who's in those other potential, you know, three or four spots, I would not see Ohio State in the playoff either. Um, you know, it's just bad. It's really bad. So who knows? But right now, I'm not even thinking about them being in the playoff. Uh, now I'm even more concerned about playing Michigan. You know, is this the first year Michigan can somehow yeah, put man. it together? So, yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of things going through my mind right now. But the biggest for me is is what's up with Irving? What is going on for real? Yeah, yeah this – you were saying all the stats that they had the advantage in. Watching the game, it didn't even feel like they were playing well at all. Nope. Um, at any point during the game. Um, and the, the big glaring thing is that you have these two just stud running backs and just no running game at all. Um, Purdue was able to make them completely one-dimensional um, in any team. I don't care how good you are. If you're one-dimensional, you're a lot easier to cover, and the defense can respond to you a lot easier. Um, you know, credit to Purdue for really coming out and, and playing strong, especially in that fourth quarter where they just – you know, after a while, it felt like Purdue might be able to pull it off, but at the end, they just kind of put the hammer down and and were able to pull away. Yeah, um, and this is a Purdue team that got off to a very bad start, losing to Northwestern, Eastern yep. Michigan, and Missouri. Yep. Um, I think everybody at that point thought this was going to be a pretty bad team, but they've recovered pretty nicely, yep. um, winning their last four games. Four straight. Um, and then looking at the rest of Ohio State's schedule, um, they've got the juggernaut Nebraska after the bye week. And then uh, <laughs> and then they've got a tough game, a game that I'm going to be looking at pretty closely, too, at Michigan State. Um, they usually play them tough. 
Um, and winning at Michigan State, no matter what Michigan did this weekend, is, not, is still not an easy thing to do. So Ohio State's got to pull it together and get it together quick. But I'm going to ask a quick question. There's a lot of grumblings around Columbus. Could this be Urban Meyer's last year at Ohio State? If it's his last year coaching, then yes. Um, I, I think, you know, if if he continues to coach, it'll be at Ohio State. I don't see him switching schools again. And Urban strikes me as the guy with the, with the type of ego he wants to go out on top. So whether that means at least a playoff appearance, um, you know, big bowl win, or, I mean, I'm sure his preference, national championship. And so uh, I can see him sticking. I, I personally think he'll stick around until he wins again uh, for the optics of it, among other things. But, uh, no, I don't think he's gone after this year, though. Yeah, but they're they're not going to win anything playing like this you know under his leadership so he can kiss that goodbye if that continues so I don't know guys I don't know um I think it will depend on what we see the rest of the year um but when things got started to get bad at Florida he took that exit um now of course there's a lot of things going on you know family and all these type of things uh his health but still allegedly Right, exactly. Uh, who knows what to believe with Urban Meyer, honestly, at this point. Like, you know, I loved when he came in, but this, you know, it's just baggage. You know, everyone comes with baggage, but man, yeah, this guy, yeah. you know, he's got some stuff. And it's just, you know, like like we said, you know, started with that whole, you know, whole piece with, uh, you know, his coach and all that. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know, Malcolm. I don't know. But if let's say, for instance, they lose like to Michigan State in Michigan or something like that. I could see it, you know, um, but who knows? I'm I'm saying that's, no for now. That's a good point, though. I didn't think. Of, I mean, yeah, if they lose to Michigan, I think that'll that'll bring that question to the forefront going into the off season. Or I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll have a bowl appearance somewhere. Um, but I don't know. You you look at it uh, now. Our, our recruiting class, as long as that's still top three recruiting class. I mean, that's less incentive for him to leave. And I don't think that things have gotten so toxic that, you know, the recruiting will take a huge hit. I think we got a, a number of uh, four or five star commits already. Yep. Um, but, you, I mean, just looking at, I mean, we gave a four scoring plays of at least 40 yards in the last 12 minutes mm. of the game. Like, not, not, even, not even quarter, the last 12 minutes. And so... You know, you look at that and what that signals to me, um, you know, giving up uh, fake punts for rushing first downs, things like that. It, it, it signals to me discipline, coaching, and it looks like somebody who's lost their team. Yep. And so, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to see what kind of drive is. Thank God for the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. Well, I tell you what, if he does come back next year and they, and they continue to struggle, there will be a lot of changes on that on that staff. Yes, um, sir. Um, you know, get ready. Ohio State fans, get excited. Offensive coordinator Zach Smith will be there soon. Oh, my God. Chill, 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 <laughs> chill, oh chill, 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 Too soon, Malcolm. I mean, the, investiga- <laughs> the investigation is over now, so you it's, know. It's, he's, he just, he just uh, got his plea deal. He's free. He's free. Oh, my God. (laughs) So let's talk about um, college football as a whole. What other things are you guys looking forward to in this last half of the season, getting closer to the playoff? What what teams are you looking at as possible contenders? And then what storylines are you looking to see develop over the next few weeks? Man, I I, I mean, we go ahead, Keith. No, go ahead, bro. Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, you gotta you gotta mention Texas and what's happening mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve. Um, wanting to see exactly where things land for them. Uh, we wanted to know if they were back. And I mean, you got them, and and you got West Virginia. You got the Sooners. I mean, there's just some interesting things happening in the Big Twelve. So I'm I'm a lot more tuned in there uh, than I thought I would be, and I'm glad to say so. Uh, we mentioned Ohio State, Michigan. It's gonna come down to the wire with those two teams. So you know, we'll have to keep an eye. On that, but man, I gotta say, uh, the Pac-12, um, just kind of taking a look and, and seeing what it is that's gonna happen there, and uh, looking like Wazoo is gonna make a move, and they look like the Pac-12's best chance to actually have somebody in the playoff, and so 
uh, yeah, so it's some pretty cool things going on. Um, see how things shake out between them, uh, between Stanford and uh, uh, them in Washington. Uh, so that's the most, that's really the things I'm the most interested in. Um, Notice yeah, I, I mean, didn't mention SEC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm about to because um, Bama has, you know, two games to me that stand in their way from them being undefeated going to the SEC championship. They got LSU. Um, and they got Auburn. Uh, so I am really in, yeah. and they have a bye week to prepare for LSU. So mm. um, that's I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Um, Notre Dame, honestly, should should be one of the first mm. shoe ins for the playoff. Honestly, they play nobody mm. the rest of the way. Um, so they should be a shoe in um, UCF. Y'all like here's the thing. If they go yeah. undefeated again, should they get a spot? Mm. Um, and gosh, I love what, you know, Scott Frost did with this team. Like, I mean, I just, there, I don't see a way that you can say, man, a team that's gone undefeated two seasons in a row, regardless, doesn't deserve some type of shot. Um, so I will be very intrigued by that. Um, big game next week. They play on on the on November first, they play that undefeated Temple team. <clears throat> yep, who just beat UC. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that will be that will be a great matchup. And guys, Appalachian State is ranked in the top twenty five. They're like, back. They are. <laughs> oh, I will never forget them beating Michigan. One of the greatest days in my high school life. Um, coming to school that next Monday and just rubbing it in all those Michigan fans' faces, like it was incredible. Um, Man, but yeah, school must have been whack for you. That's one of the best things. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was all into sports. So, you know, I talked a bunch of crap. They talked a bunch of crap. So, uh, so yeah, it was great. So, you know, I mean, yeah, those are some of the things. Oh, and of course I, I want to see, you know, of course I hate Michigan, but they're in the top five now and, um, it's going to be real. Um, I'm looking forward to that matchup with with Ohio State. Well, actually, I may not be, depending on how we look the next few weeks. But hmm. I, I want to see if 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 Mr. Harbaugh can really put it together and string together a few big wins for Michigan um, and what that'll look like. So those are things that stick out to me currently. Yeah, the uh, this race at the top of the Big Twelve, like Ian was talking about, is looking really looking really good between. Uh, Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma, um, and even uh, Texas Tech is still hanging around there with one conference loss. That's right. Um, it's going to come right down. It's probably going to come down to that last game to see who's going to go into the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma ending the season facing or uh, going to West Virginia and playing them. Um, that's going to be one of the top games this year. Obviously, the Big the Big 10 is just really interesting. Um, you've got in the West, you've got um, Purdue, Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, all with one loss. And then if you go to the East, you've got uh, undefeated Michigan, uh, the Buckeyes with one loss, and then um, Michigan State and Penn State, and then you could throw Maryland in there in there if you feel like it with two losses. Nope. Um, and, and there's still a lot of head-to-head games to come. Obviously, Ohio State going to Michigan State, um, Michigan taking on Penn State, and then obviously the big game at the end of the year, Michigan-Ohio State. Um, you know, this is going to be, it'll be interesting to see if Michigan can keep their momentum. Yep. Um, if Ohio state is going to recover and, and try to, and finish strong and try to get their way back into the big 10 championship game. Um, and we may see a brand new team coming out of the West. Um, Purdue is looking strong right now. Northwestern has been up and down. Um, Iowa is, this is just one of those weird Iowa years where they just, <laughs> they're just good <laughs> for no reason. Um, and so, yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And then the SEC, uh, particularly the SEC East, uh, where you have yep. Kentucky, Georgia, Florida. and Florida who yep. are just going to go head-to-head for who's going to win that division um, for the right to probably play Alabama um, in the in the SEC championship game. Um, we've got obviously got the big matchup this weekend with Florida and Georgia. Um, Kentucky has still got some challenging games left on their, their schedule. They've already beat Florida. Um, and they still have to play Georgia. So it's going to come down to those matchups, I think, to deciding who wins that conference. Um, and we're not even talking about Clemson, um, who's who's getting healthy. Travis Etienne is a, is a monster at the running back position. Trevor Lawrence is getting better. 
Um, they could easily run the table in the SC, in a, excuse easily. me in the ACC easily. Um, ACC that's been pretty weak. I mean, last week they really just took it to um, North Carolina State on yep. both sides of the ball. Um, so yes, it's a lot of things to look at. Um, playoff time will be here before we know it, and you know there's going to be an upset or two that we haven't we haven't been expecting. But it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. So let's talk about the big games for next week and the big one on the calendar. They used to call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Now I don't know what the heck they call it. Something dumb. Um, Florida, <laughs> number nine, takes on number seven, Georgia, in Jacksonville. What are the keys to this game, fellas? Well, I think it's key, first of all, that no one has a home field advantage. Um, yeah. You know, because honestly, if I'm picking this game – I would probably like if you look at them on paper, they're like even on everything, passing yards, yeah. rushing yards, you know, all of those type of you know stats, you know, yards against, you know. So um, I think to me what it's really going to come down to is whose running game can get going, um, mm-hmm. you know, which which team can really, you know, open up the pass um, because of the run. Um, Florida's hot honestly. And, um, Mm -hmm. Georgia is not, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) Georgia, like I said earlier, did have a bye week. And I think that is huge. They had time to, you know, fix some stuff that went wrong against LSU. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot Florida did too. Um, well, both have a bye week. Excuse me. Thing that worries me about Georgia again is that they played no one up until LSU and Mm -hmm. lost to LSU. Um, and Florida's a little bit more battle tested. So I'm going to, you know, I'm really interested to see, you know, how this matchup is going to unfold. Um, but yeah, on paper, just very, very even teams. So what's your uh, prediction? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I want to pick Florida, um, but I think Georgia is going to step up because they know they have to. Um, and I think the LSU loss really, you know, um, may spark some things with them uh, for a strong finish. So uh, I don't believe in this pick very much, but I'm still going to go Georgia 21-14. I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, scoring mm-hmm. is going to come uh, at a very low amount. So, uh, yeah, uh, Georgia 21 and Florida 14. Yeah, um, I think this is a very different Florida team than we saw uh, lose to what we now know is a very good Kentucky team um, early in the year. Uh, I I like Florida um, in this particular game, um, and for no other reasons they they just they play really good physical uh, football. Uh, Felipe Franks does just enough, um, but he's not out there losing ball games. And uh, not that Georgia's not going to be a tough task. Of course, they will be. Um, but I, I like the combination of, um, of, uh, of Franks and, uh, what they got going in that running game. Um, Jordan Scarlett is a monster. Yeah. And, and that's, and I, I really think that'll, that'll be the, that'll be the story as far as what it is that I'm looking for is what is they'll be able to, what they'll be able to accomplish. Um, um, uh, what is it? Time of possession. I think mm-hmm. is going to come into play here and, uh, just what, what the strategy is moving in. So, I like Florida. Uh, I think I'm going to just take this game going at actually maybe 20 to 13. I don't think that it'll be a shootout by any any means, but uh, I like Florida to go ahead and, uh, and dominate that physical edge. I, I, I honestly think, just kind of going back to our last topic, Florida's going to make a play for it, fellas. Mm. Um, you know, I, I would not have thought this at the, at the start of the year. Um, but I think they're going to take it to Georgia and, uh, mm. and they don't really have too much obstacle the rest of the way. And so I think, you know, like I said, they took that loss to Kentucky in stride and they haven't turned back since. And so I like them in this game. I think that LSU win uh, kind of bolstered their confidence. So, like I said, 2013 Florida. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, we, you just talked about it. Keith, and we had talked about it previously. Georgia hadn't been tested up to that LSU game, and it showed LSU. Yep. LSU just dom- completely dominated them. And then you have to remember that when looking at their numbers, the numbers look even, but they racked up a lot of numbers against really bad teams. Yep. Um, and when they've played a good team like they did against LSU, they weren't able to just dominate. Um, and I think this Florida defense may be better as a whole than the LSU defense. 
Um, and I think their offense is better than LSU's offense. Um, so I'm going to give the edge. I'm going to say a two-touchdown win by Florida. Um, I think it's going to come down to um, – I think Dan Mullen's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. Um, we're going to see some trick plays. And uh, I think Felipe Franks is going to have a big day. Um, I think they're going to open up the field for him. Florida by two touchdowns. All so, right. And then the other big game in the Pac-12, the surprising Washington State Cougars, almost said Huskies, um, <laughs> travel to Stanford, number 24. Stanford got off to a good start, kind of faltered lately, but Stanford is Stanford. They're always solid. How do you guys feel about this game? First of all, I feel like Gardner Minshew won like every award possible um, <laughs> in this past week. I just kept seeing more and more stuff. He's a Rose Bowl Pac-12 player of the week, and he won the Maxwell Award, and he's the – something's called the Manning Award, and he – I don't know. <laughs> he's the president now. Like, it, it, it was nuts. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I call it prisoner at a moment, but the way they came out and hit Oregon and hit them yeah. hard and hit them early um, and, you know, held that offense the way that they did, uh, they didn't score in the first half. And I didn't know this Washington State defense was legit like that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that becomes the story. Like you, you, you talked about Stanford, how they've kind of stumbled along the way. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think I, I'm a believer in momentum. If you're new, if you're a new listener, um, <laughs> and I think I think the Cougars see a window of opportunity here. I mean, who thought they'd be ranked 14th at the start of the year? I, mm-hmm. I personally did not have them um, this high up, and so. I'm going Washington. Say all that to say, uh, I do think this is gets into a little bit more of a high scoring affair. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Bryce Love will bring to the to the table, and um, looking for Stanford. Of course, it'll be a well fought game. I'm thinking 34 to 28 in mm-hmm. favor of Washington State. Uh, Malcolm, go ahead. I was trying to find out if Bryce Love is for sure healthy for this game. I yeah, thought I, I saw where he was playing. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that saying he's not playing, so I'll assume he is playing. Um, I I have been I had completely slipped on Washington State um, after losing Luke Falk and some of those other weapons they had. I just completely wrote this team off. Um, but they really impressed me in that game against Oregon, even though I was massively confused about which team was which with those terrible oh, those choices of jerseys. Yep. <laughs> um, I was. I turned on the game and I was like, "What am I? Is this Oregon for real?" Where <laughs> it was so confusing. Um, but yeah, I was impressed by their quarterback. Um, what they were able to do, um, man. If, if Bryce Love was healthy, I would be a lot more confident about picking Stanford. Um, but I think Washington State is hot right now. Um, Stanford just the last few weeks they just haven't looked right to me. Um, and Bryce Love hasn't been dominant, which obviously affects everything that they do on uh, both sides of the field. I mean, excuse me, on the offensive side of the ball. So um, mm. I'm going to go with Washington State here. I think it's going to be a tight one. Um, I'm going to say Washington State by six. Um, fellas, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick Stanford. Um, oh. Because um, I think. I think this is just – I think this Pac-12 is just so up in the air. I feel like Washington State will play well, uh, but I think Stanford will ride off their home crowd. Um, the only reason why I didn't want to choose them at first is because Washington State just held Verdell only 55 yards on 12 carries. Mm. Um, but Stanford is a little bit better within, you know, running the football. Of course, granted, it, you know, hopefully uh, Love will be playing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the underdogs. I think, uh, Stanford will be able to, uh, do just enough to get the win at home. Um, and they'll do enough to slow down Washington state's offense, um, to where potentially, you know, if Stanford gets to the place where they can ground and pound a little bit, um, and control the time of possession, they may be able to win. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Stanford, um, by four. Yeah. Mm. Stanford by four. Mm. Keith, did you keep track of our picks from last week? I sure did. How did we do? All right. So last week, Malcolm and I both correctly picked Michigan over Michigan State. Um, 
<laughs> we all chose Clemson, and we all chose LSU. So, um, two of us were three and zero, and one of us was two and one. For college, so two cheated and one. Two uh, okay. <laughs> Malcolm, what'd you say? Uh, you said Washington State by six. Yeah. And I went state yeah. by four. All right. All right, well, let's switch gears to the NFL. Um, usually, we would start with a game, but we're going to start with a trade, actually. Um, oh, God, yeah. Let's, let's... The Oakland Raiders traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round pick. We it, This has been an unusually active trade period. Um, so I'm interested to see what you guys, how you guys feel about this pick. Did the Raiders get enough back, and, and can Amari Cooper help the Cowboys? I definitely think the Raiders got enough back. Let stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> Jerry Jones offers a first round pick and three other picks for Roy Williams. Jerry Jones offers two first rounders for Joey Galloway. And now here we are, Cowboys <laughs> offering a first round pick for the 22 receptions and one touchdown this year, Amari Cooper. The Amari Cooper that struggled all last year was very disappointing. The Amari Cooper that's currently in the concussion protocol. Listen, <laughs> I mean, the, the the brother can ball. Like, we, we, we saw that early on in his career. I'm not taking away from Amari Cooper. But the Dallas Cowboys are so desperate for some help at receiver um, that they are dishing out first-round picks, which – Mind you, you know, I, I, yeah, okay. Here we are. This is not baseball, you know, whatever. I mean, first round picks are, that's prime currency if you're talking about the NFL draft. Um, that is, you know, I believe this player can be a franchise player, can be a bedrock player on my squad uh, for years to come. And so for them to get that up for Amari Cooper, it, it does not check out for me. Um, it's it reeks of desperation, which I understand. Cole Beasley, I think, is a bright spot. But when you have to, when you're trotting out Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompson, like, yeah, you need some help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Dak is kind of he's you know he's taking a beating back there. Um, they're you talk about one dimensional. I mean, they have a bit of a passing attack, but guys are keying in on Zeke, and so that's tough. So I mean, yeah, I think it'll open them up a little bit more. Uh, but I, the price just does not fit. Unfortunately, the return, in my opinion. Oh, man. Um, yeah. yeah, I think you said it right. You know, they're desperate. Um, and, and this is the funny thing is I don't think that they would, you know, still be like Dak Prescott is still not 100 percent like this consistent baller. You mm. know, that first, we haven't seen mm-hmm. Dak be first year Dak in a while. Um, and now, of course, granted, some of them are saying, well, it's because of his lack of, of, you know, receiving talent. But Dak is missing the throws, um, you know, turned the ball over a little bit uh, more than he should. So, I mean, yes, Amari Cooper will help. And I do think that the Raiders, you know, get a, a good pick for for, you know, a team that will be looking to continue to rebuild with John Gruden. So. You know, it's a um, I don't know. I think Dallas gave up too much. Um, a first round pick, you know, maybe a second round pick, but a first rounder. Ooh, man, I don't know about that one. So, um, yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Um, they let go of Des Bryant, who I think is still a guy who some teams should be calling up right now because they still need mm-hmm. some help at receiver. Um I think Cleveland, if if you add Dez to that roster, you know, or there's some other teams that could desperately use his help. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, basically, the Oakland Raiders are almost tanking the season, by the way, anyway. So uh, Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch is out. Now you trade Amari Cooper. They're already looking towards next year. Who knows if they'll even win a game? They may they may just pick first and get and go ahead and get Dallas's pick, too. So who knows? Yeah, um, you know, Raiders now have three first-round picks in next year's draft. 
Um, it looks like they're trying to position themselves for the future when at the beginning of this year we were talking about this as a possible, you know, AFC contender or possibly a Super Bowl team. Yep. Um, it, kind of, it kind of shows how quickly they have fallen uh, fallen off, and it all started with that Khalil Mack trade. Yep. Um, and it all just kind of went downhill from there. Um, the Cowboys obviously needed another playmaker. They they tried to put together an island of misfit wide receivers uh, in Dallas, and it just hasn't worked out. Only works for um, Tom Brady. Only works for Brady. Only works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Name the number three right receiver in in New England. Uh, Josh Gordon, um, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, on paper, you know, Cooper should be an upgrade for them. Um, Cole Beasley has been solid for them, but, um, you know, the, the production around him hasn't been great. And, you know, they've got the running game from Zeke Elliott, but a lot of this falls on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. Yep. Um, just has not been consistent. And this really dates back to last year um, where he just didn't show the same consi- consistency that he had in his rookie year. Um, and so maybe Amari Cooper could give him another target to throw to. Um, you know, when he's healthy, he's proven in the past that he could be a Pro Bowl level wide receiver. Um, the last couple of years, it hasn't quite been to that level, but um, you would obviously hope that he could turn it around. Um, I was doing a little bit of research because I was uh, I wanted to see. I I remembered that Herschel Walker was involved in a trade involving the Cowboys, and I couldn't remember which end of the trade the Cowboys ended on, but they traded Herschel Walker. Just to give you a little bit of Jerry Jones draft history, to the Minnesota Vikings for five players <laughs> and five future draft picks, and those five future draft picks became, um, amongst others, Emmett Smith, Darren Woodson, um, and some other really good players that were part of that Super Bowl run. Mm. So uh, <laughs> let me see if I can get the full list. Um, yeah, so can't uh, can't look bad on all of uh, all of Jerry Jones. His deal. Oh, here are the players: Emmett Smith, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith, and Darren Woodson um, were players that were drafted with those future picks, and then they got five additional players. That's um, a good haul. <laughs> I think I think he won that trade. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's it's only when he's trading for guys that he's looking for them to make an immediate impact, and it's, yeah. it's the desperation moves. Yeah, that end up. I mean, Joey Galloway. That was a nightmare. And Roy, I mean, Roy, yeah, poor Roy. I mean, that just never quite panned out. Um, but, I, I, hey, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Amari Cooper comes back healthy. I hope he finds what, you know, that 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 uh, number one wide receiver stuff that we've been looking for from him uh, because he was he was getting overtaken by Jordy Nelson pretty quick. Well, first of all, the only Roy, there's only two Roy Williams we recognize, and it's Roy Williams, former Oklahoma safety, and Roy Williams, former North Carolina basketball coach, not Roy Williams, uh, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, and and that's and that's what sealed the deal because we <laughs> we thought he might have been something, but no. Nah, once he went to Dallas, we sent him on that boat to oblivion. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um. So let's talk. Let's do our weekly update on the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um. Oh. Let's get the mood from those from those two fan bases. Ian, we'll start with you and the Browns, and then we'll go over to Cincy, talk about the Bengals. If I can't pass, and I have to comment, um, oh goodness, for a team that that very oh lord could very easily be six and one, um. And we just keep ending up in overtime week after week after week. It's actually gotten exhausting. We were excited at one point, but um, the Browns are finding ways to lose again. Mm. And and this particular game was really frustrating on that end. Uh, it's almost like shenanigans that are taking place. Um, you know, we had a drive in, in overtime where we're, we're driving, just trying to shore up field goal position, and Baker Mayfield takes a sack. Uh, we're returning the punt, get get good yardage, and then Julius Pepper fumbles. You know, it's it's the amount of things that that were frustrating that happened in that game are are too many to count. Um, yeah, I, I I could talk about us. You know, we could have been six and one as much as I like to, uh, but they're just not closing out ball games. That's a discipline thing. Um, Baker played decent. 
like I said, he took that he took that that uh that sack that you just cannot take. Um, but also, I want to talk a little bit about the run game and the decision to trade Carlos Hyde. Kind of wanted to see yeah. how that would pan out. And uh, listen, Nick Chubb, he had a solid solid game, eighteen touches, eighty yards, touchdown. Um, but that explosion was uh, was the benefactor of him being a change of pace back. And uh, I think the Browns kind of shot themselves in the foot. So I I don't know, fellas. I'm kind of exhausted at this point. Still love the Browns. I'll be watching every week. Uh, we come out here and we got the Steelers coming up. So that'll be the biggest test to see what they really are. But I'm tired. I'm ex- I'm exhausted. I don't, I don't know. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they could have got a little bit more back for Carlos Hyde for sure. But, hey. Mm-hmm. I have Nick Chubb on my fancy team. He scored me a touchdown, you know, did what I needed him to do for Cleveland, so I'm cool. Uh, Get your fantasy team. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I like Nick Chubb, man. I told people at the beginning of the year I thought he was going to have more of an impact than they thought. And, you know, of course, we didn't think Carlos Hyde was going to be traded. But um, he gets a shot now. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to be really good for you guys, so. All right, Keith, how you feel about your Bengals? Oh, my goodness. It was a really bad game, fellas. I mean, that's about all I got. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first of all, this, this Chiefs team, if they continue this way, are a Super Bowl favorite. Now, mm. here's the thing. I don't trust Andy Reid in the playoffs, um, mm. and, and that's been a thing. However, this is Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes continues his level of play, I mean, this guy just – it's unbelievable watching him play. Um, If you have any defense playing against them in fantasy at all, you better bench them. Like, that better be the quickest decision you ever make (laughs) because he's going to light them up. Like, they get Denver, I think, again this weekend, and I still see him going for at least three or four touchdowns like he did the last time. Yeah. Unless Denver can scheme. I mean, it's tough to scheme for a guy who can get his way out of trouble, um, not take a whole lot of sacks, doesn't throw a whole lot of picks, has guys like Tariq Hill who can fly all over the ball, I mean, all over the Mm -hmm. field. Kareem Hunt is a a monster. Um, Travis Kelsey is like, if not the best, one of the best tight ends in the league. This team is stacked. Um, So if their defense can get stops – they're going to be one heck of a team, one tough team uh, to beat in the playoffs. So, you know, like we said, we all picked the Chiefs. Like, I had no confidence that the Bengals could win this game. Um, I don't know. You know, with, with Tyler Eifert going down again and John Ross can never stay healthy, um, we literally have A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd as our go-to receivers. And Andy Dalton did not play very well. Our rushing game, you know, our line did not block well enough uh, for Joe Mixon to get going. It was bad. Um, It's like the primetime nightmares came back again, you know. Um, So I'm hoping we can bounce back. We got to figure out some some ways to get to continuously have Tyler Boyd, um, CJ Uzama and some of those other guys, you know, um, in the rotation. And then on top of that, we need to get Giovanni Bernard back. Um, so he could be another threat to help out with Joe Mixon as a pass catching playmaker as well. So, and then our defense is just bad. I can't stand Vontez Perfect. He's always oh god, you know they had video of him twisting <laughs> one of the Spencer Ware's ankle. Like he's just I'm I'm about ready to trade him to figure out if we can get any good value for him. Honestly, um, Raiders like I, might trade for him. Uh, an extra first round pick. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, I would love to get a first round pick for him, um, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, and our secondary needs help. They we need some help. Tyreek, I mean, Kirkpatrick is. I I would say it every week. He is garbage. Um, so Patrick Peterson saying he wants a trade. I I wrote a letter to Mike Brown. I hope he would hear me. He won't. But you know, it would be great to get some type of secondary help um, for us, especially with the likes of Pittsburgh again. We haven't played Cleveland yet. Um, we got New Orleans Saints. Uh, coming to town soon. We need some secondary help. So we'll see. You guys want a 49ers report? They suck. They're terrible. Uh, (laughs) Um, Like I said last year, we're at that part of the season where people think that Tom Savage is an NFL quarterback. So he's on our roster. 
Yeah. Um, and that concludes my 49ers report. Right. It's tough. It's tough in there. So. Anyway, so let's talk about um, real quick. Let's go through some games this weekend. Uh, real quick, guys. Philadelphia Eagles versus Jacksonville in London. What you got? I picked the Eagles last week and they lost. Um, but I'm going to go Eagles again because Jacksonville is struggling and Blake Bortles is struggling. So uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Eagles. Uh, 24, uh, Jaguars, 13. Mm. I'm sorry. Who was at the score in 13? Uh, the Jags. Uh, barely. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, man, Keith, I promise, man, you, you got that twain. You said the Jaguars and it just, it just, it threw me, man. Okay, Ian. Sorry. Anyways. I'm sorry, Keith. I'm sorry, <laughs> <man>. moving. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, man, y'all ever talked to somebody from Chicago and they like they got like a country accent? They just kick in from time to time. All right. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> yo, I think Blake Bortles is going to come out and <laughs> have an amazing game. Something's wrong with the Eagles. I don't know what it is. It's true. I don't think they got bad karma. They, I don't know. They, they hit a black cat, or I don't know. I don't know what they did. But Carson Wentz can have a good game, and they're still just losing. Um, I actually have the Jags uh, winning this game. Um, I think they'll. I think Bortles will get enough done, even though he's on a quote unquote short leash. Um, I think uh, you know defense makes a difference. Uh, they'll get enough uh, pressure on Carson, um, and I think that secondary will be able to get it done, uh, uh, kind of locking up who is essentially just Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I mean, and Ertz. And Ertz. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Jaguars. Actually, I think Bortles actually goes for three touchdowns in this game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going, um, I'm going Jags 29, no, 28. I was going to go abstract score, but I'll stick with 28 <laughs> and uh, Eagles uh, 17. Malcolm. Man, it is. Uh, look, it's a crapshoot. Look at which uh, Blake Bortles is going to show up for this game. Um, and it's in London. You don't know yeah. if this game is going to travel. <sighs> Jeez. And the Eagles have not looked good um, for a while. For no real eat. reason. I'm... Huh? For no real reason either. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jay Ajay is out. I think that that might hurt them a little bit, but yeah, I don't. Maybe Carson Wentz is still getting up to speed. I don't know. I'll go with the Eagles. I have very little conviction. Um, I have a feeling this could just be a bad game. They're yep. they're both not playing well. They go to London overseas. Weird start times and stuff like that. I just this might be like a a twelve to six game or something weird like that. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, twelve to six Eagles. <laughs> That's Man. I have no confidence in either one of these teams. <laughs> uh, and then uh, our last game we'll look at: Saints travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, I'll start this one off. I think the Vikings are going to flex some muscle in this one. Latavius Murray um, had a big game last week. Kirk Cousins is going to make some. Uh, plays down the field. I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to say the mm-hmm. Vikings win this one 35-30. That's crazy. That's close to my score, except I got it going Saints. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're they're just – they're in stride. And I, I like I like the direction that they're heading in, um, especially get, since getting Mark Ingram back. Um, that, that attack is just looking like it's uh, tops in the league. And so I'm going Saints 36, Vikings 27. Uh, fellas, I'm going to go with the Saints um, because I like what they do offensively. Um, I like what, the way they use, you know, Jason Hill. I like the way that they um, – I think, I think this game is going to come down to which quarterback is going to make more clutch throws. Uh, and I like Drew Brees over Kirk Cousins. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go Saints 28, 
uh, and I'm going to say Vikes 20. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Uh, and by the way, uh, last week in NFL, our NFL picks, we all picked the Eagles, which they lost. Um, mm. We all picked the Chiefs, which they won. Um, and mm. two of us chose the Saints. Uh, that'll be Ian and I. And Malcolm chose the Ravens, and the Saints won. So it was 2-1, Keith and Ian in NFL. What was what was my record? Uh, you went. I'm sorry, one and two, one and two. Okay. We were two and one. Yes. Okay. Even though the Ravens definitely should have had that game going to overtime, but you know, yeah, Justin just Tucker. A, I don't know just what the heck happened. Tucker, <laughs> idiot kicker, never missed Dude. a field extra point ever. Ugh. Trash. Um. All right. So let's um go over some NBA things really quick. First impressions of the Lakers. Um, they are now three games in. I watched. I stayed up and watched that entire game. This whole LeBron being on the West Coast thing is going to be detrimental to my health. Yeah. Um, and it has nothing to do with how close the games are and everything to do with how freaking late West Coast games come on. Yep. Um, I watched that whole game last night, and I was actually impressed with how they played, not yep. obviously with how they finished. Um, you know, a lot of people are pointing to the LeBron free throws and whatever that happens, but, um, but there was also that Lonzo just fell asleep on that last play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Patty Mills was wide open on that jumper. So, Why? um, they, man, I, I actually really like the way that they play. Yeah. Um, they've got multiple play playmakers, you know, Lance was playing point guard with that second unit and really really elevated that second unit. Mm-hmm. Um, he was making them dance in uh, L.A. last night. And, Lance, uh, make them dance. Um, <laughs> they they need another big. They just need another big. Um, JaVale McGee just can't be counted on <laughs> consistently. I mean, there was, there was about, in, in I believe this was the third quarter, LaMarcus Aldridge goes to face up. JaVale McGee goes to the hook, and JaVale blocks it in the air. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect, Javale McGee. And then he, the next on the offensive possession, he does a stupid screen. Then he gets his fifth foul. <laughs> um, so that you just can't trust him to be good for any amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Unless so it's they, with the Warriors needed, for some reason. Oh my gosh! Well, even then, they didn't even play him that much. He was averaging like what, maybe ten minutes in the finals. Yep. yep. Then they go uh, to that death lineup. Yeah. So yeah, I, they need another big. Um, Especially, you know, playing teams like San Antonio that plays big. They had problems with Denver with Jokic. Um, they need another big. And, you know, honestly, you know, they played pretty well even without Ingram and Rondo this this past game. And yep. I think they, they miss Ingram scoring. But um, it's going to take time. I'm not, I'm not ready to write them off yet or say it's a failure. It's going to take some time. But um, if they play up to their potential – um, and some of these young guys start to develop. I'm, I think the Lakers could be good when it get when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you, man. Uh, watching them play, like you know, they play extremely fast. They play exciting to watch uh, type of basketball. Um, I definitely agree with you. They definitely need a big. Um, and to me, um, of course, you know, Kuzma and Hart, you know, um, shot the ball a little bit better game two and three than they did week one. Uh, game one, excuse me. Um, but I think they need another shooter. Um, we've mm-hmm. seen what happens like when they played Portland. Nick Stauskas lit them up. I think Jeez. he hit like six or seven threes. That type of guy on this team, you know, like the Kyle Korver, the Stauskas, you know, one of those guys that can literally spread the floor and just, you know, force guys to respect them from the three-point line. I mean, l- coming into the season, LeBron was their second best three-point shooter. Like that's mm-hmm. a problem. Um, LeBron is not a consistent three-point shooter Um, never has been that's why I hate when he falls in love with that jump shot like dude just drive the ball to the hole just like this pass this pass he could have won in the game I feel like if he drives the ball to the hole but regardless he 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 tied the game and said to overtime with a three come on I mean yes 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 he is I agree with you but for the love of God LeBron don't fall in love with your (laughs) jumper your jumper ain't what got you there it's your you know ferociousness driving the ball to the rim and finishing with and ones that, you know, makes you, you know, who you are um, and chase down blocks and all those other things. But anyways, um, 
But yeah, I like what I've seen thus far. I, I hope they could get some type of shooter or at least have Hart and Kuzma be consistent three-point shooters who can, you know, really stretch the four for them because, you know, they have Ingram when he gets back. They have Rondo who can find those guys. LeBron's going to find those guys as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, some definitely some encouraging things, even though they're 0-3. I definitely think they could be 2-1, and one. Um, but long season ahead of them. So uh, they have some things to figure out. I'm interested to see how Luke Walton will be able to piece all these things together. Yeah, that's, oh, that's good. I was going to say, I'm completely off of KCP uh, train. He needs to not play ever <laughs> again. <laughs> he's, just, he's just struggling right now. He's, uh, you know what, I, um, Keith, you said it in your last statement there. Uh, my big thing is uh, seeing how Luke, Wal- Luke Walton's going to deal with these personalities. Um, and... Yeah, you know, how's he going to deal with JaVale's really just lack of basketball IQ? Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> with LeBron who has and Rondo who have a superb IQ and they know that they need that big body, um, you know, how's Luke going to do in balancing that out and uh, and, and helping to distribute some of that knowledge and, and get the best out of these guys? I mean, that's the coach's job. Um, is, get, is to get the best out of them. Who's going to slow down Kyle Kuzma's game so he can have sustained success? Because sometimes he's looking like he did against the Spurs. Sometimes he's looking like Russell Westbrook, unhinged rookie season. I, I'm i going 300 miles an hour. I can't figure out uh, how to balance myself. Um, saw some plays with, you know, with Kuzma and Lance getting into it. You know, Kuzma just, just wanting the ball and – Lance is not not wanting to get into him for you know I mean and things come up and everything like that but this is a lot of personality to deal with and uh, I gotta wonder if Luke is is cut out for that the talent I think is there um, you know I I do think they they missed Ingram yeah his scoring I think they missed his length as well uh, I think DeRozan got out got off some stuff that uh, maybe he would not have if if Ingram was guarding him. Um, and Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, he was just who was that? He was your cooking. favorite player. Was uh, I will? I've not been a Lamarcus fan, but he was cooking. Who was that? Zubac. All of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Cooking. It was a. Uh, there was there was a there was a little stretch there where it was just. I mean, he was looking unguardable. Um, but he, he was over there doing some uh, barbecue shredded. He, he really was, um, but. Uh, LeBron's laziness on defense, you know, uh, other things like that. Who's going to challenge these guys to get into it? Because LeBron was playing some of the laziest defense, whether it was closeouts, um, whether it was rotations, and LeBron does that. You know, he has those spells where he's just in la-la land doing his LeBron thing. Um, And, yeah, then there's the three. I'm so excited to see L.A. fans have to deal with LeBron shooting these ill-advised threes at the end of games. When he sinks them, he's gonna be the hero of the world. And then you got people running around lighting fires, like you know, Kobe would have never done this. So, first of all, Kobe does did do that, and that's did, part of the reason why and I, did often. Kobe yeah. would have Kobe wouldn't have passed the ball to the open guy. He would have shot it over all four players. Yeah, right, right, right. Because that's <laughs> the killer instinct. <laughs> it's the killer. He would have shot a three from the inbounds pass. Wouldn't even yeah. pass it to a teammate. So yeah, that that's really uh my 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 early impression is just uh, I don't know how I don't know how well his locker room is gonna hold up, but this is LeBron early season drama, late season success. So that should be on a t shirt with LeBron's face on it. Early season <laughs> drama, late season success. <laughs> the chosen one. <laughs> um. That's all we got time for today, guys. Let's get to our parting words tonight. Ian, let's start with you. Um, I just want to give a dearly departed to uh, both Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo's jaws. Um, <laughs> they are inflamed. <laughs> Brothers are struggling, man. Um, interesting. You know, I, I don't promote violence whatsoever. Uh, but if Rondo did spit on that man, you know, I give Chris Paul credit for for being able to hold out that long because spit is just one of those things that just does it to you. <laughs> so my parting words are, uh, but I mean, they both got in some good shots. You know, 
Uh, Rondo with the left, CP with the uppercut. But stop fighting, fellas, you know, and people stop trying to bl- <laughs> stop stop trying to blame LeBron for not jumping in. I don't know what they wanted that man to do. Um, but yeah, man, <laughs> they wanted him to be like Steven Jackson and just get in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so wanted him to get in there and power bomb uh, somebody. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, dearly departed to those jaws, fellas. Take care. Keep the ice on them. You're suspended anyway. What better do you have to do? Thank you. Was that was that some good distribution of offense by uh, Rajon Rondo on Chris Paul's face? Uh, it's not the playoffs, so <laughs> playoff Rondo, playoff Rondo would have put the full hands to him. <laughs> All right, Keith, give us your parting words tonight. Oh man, I don't even know. Um, you know, I would say shout out to uh, Tyler Trent. You know, the young man who is you know mm. at Purdue. Um, I mean, you could tell that the whole place was, you know, wanting that win for him. Um, and shout out to Purdue for really making it about him as well. You know, bringing him into the locker room, being able to talk to the, you know, the that uh, to the players and everyone. That's a, a memory that, you know, you know, God forbid if he passes away, that's something that he would, you know, he would remember for the rest of his days here on earth. Um, and even though I hate that it happened to Ohio State, you know, Ohio State played terrible. Um what a great thing for that young man. So shout out to him and his family. I know uh, cancer sucks. We all hate it. You know, um, it's one of those things that, you know, as believers, we we wrestle with and we struggle through. Um, but, uh, you know, shout outs to him and his family, man. You know, praying that, that God can uh, can uh, can heal like he can. Um, yeah. yeah. Shout out to him for sure. Man, I think Ohio State played hard for Tyler Trent, too. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Like they say, you know, let, let's 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 go out here and get this give this W to this young man. Right, he deserves it <laughs> even more than our our playoff hopes. He deserves this win. <laughs> right, right. Maybe Urban Meyer forgot which team he was supposed to be coaching. Right, just forgot. Oh. Just forgot. Maybe. <laughs> um, my my parting words are gonna go to man. I think I'm. I've hit this well a couple times, so I'm going to hit it again. A couple of women in the WNBA making an impact on the NBA side. Christy Tolliver, uh, WNBA All-Star, who just got hired on as an assistant for the Washington Wizards. Um, I believe she plays for the Washington Mystics now, and she previously played with the uh, Sparks and won a championship there. Also, Candace Parker getting a full-time gig at TNT with Turner Sports. Yeah. Um, saw her doing players only last uh, night. It was pretty good. Uh, it was good. No Chris Webber calling the game, so I'm all for that. Um, you know, Greg Anthony. and I'm going to focus on the ladies. Ladies, commend you for the hard work you're doing. Um, you know, Becky Hammond, can't forget the trailblazer Nancy Lieberman-Klein. Um, kind of started off this trend of women coaching men, and I'm excited about what this means for more opportunities for women to get into the coaching ranks and into the front offices and into broadcasting. So shout out to you ladies. Thank you for all that you do. Now, separate this from my players only rant. Um, yes, Chris Weber needs to never do anything resembling calling games ever in life. Never. So I very much enjoyed uh, Mr. Anthony and uh, Stephen, Steve Smith. I almost called him Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Steve Smith and Candace Parker calling the games last night. Uh, I I enjoyed it up until there was a portion where they just went quiet for like forty seconds, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, "Y'all, we we can't do it like this." But you know, well, you I, I'll I'll chalk it up to you know just early early trials. It's first first one, you know, get it out of the way. First I mean, week it was, they. I mean, each team had a possession and they hadn't said a word. Though. <laughs> I, I need I need the producers to step in. Say anything, something, anything, please, <laughs> please. I remember one time I froze please. up on live TV when I was in college, and I could just hear the producers in uh, my ear, like Keith, say something, oh Keith, like <laughs> uh, you could just hear the camera lights blinking. Oh my goodness, bro! We had this guy. I did this uh, journalism. I feel like this is like devolving from a podcast to just a general conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, they guys, with us, though. They with us. Stay with us, guys. Uh, there's something at the end of this. I don't know. 
um, at this broadcast journalism seminar, we're reading off prompters, and he just refused to read the prompter. He just kept trying to, I don't know if he thought he could memorize it. Oh, my goodness. He, he just absolutely refused to read the prompter. And we're just like, read the words. And he keeps looking <laughs> down. Dude, the words are, just read the words. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, also, shout out to Blake Griffin. 50 points tonight. Against yeah. 50 of them. 76ers. Blake Including show. the game-winning and one layup. Blake Show, MVP. Lob Chill. City East. Chill. <laughs> Lob City. Oh, shoot. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think you've had enough of our random conversations. Thank you for listening to the 3 one Podcast. From Cleveland, Ohio, it's international. Ian Lamont Morgan. Jitty for MVP, y'all. Who? Jitty Osmond. You heard it. You heard it oh, here first. I thought you said titty. I ain't even gonna lie. I was that's like, what, I what you are you talking that? about right now? Like, I mean, I guess that's the real. I guess that's the real MVP. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Three and one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Three and one after dark. And uh, from Cincinnati, it's Keith Turner Jr. We've seen better days, but better days are coming. Better days are coming. And in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. This has been another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Hashtag free Josh Hart.